0: Hi, thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Howard Unger, and the pharmacist is in. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening. Hope everybody's well. So the cold season is here, and I'm dedicating this episode to the common cold and how through home remedies and over-the-counter products we can treat it since this is one of these particular conditions that we self-diagnose and self-treat. So I want to give information about a number of these remedies and as well as the -the over-the-counter medications and how to select them, what you need to be aware of when selecting them. And before I begin, I'd like to apologize because I think I have a cold. And uh, so if you hear me sniffling, I want to apologize beforehand. Please don't be surprised. So what is the common cold? Well, it's a virus, and there are over 200 different viruses. So it's very difficult to treat through any type of medication or vaccine. The old adage of saying, can't even cure the common cold, well, it's very difficult to. And many times during my experience and my practice, I've had a number of people saying, well, I'm going to contact my doctor or my healthcare provider and get an antibiotic. Antibiotics don't work against viruses. They work against bacteria. So it's basically useless to get an antibiotic and take it and think that you're going to either prevent a cold or reduce the duration of the cold. It'll do nothing. And in fact, it's scorned upon in the medical community to start to use antibiotics when they know these antibiotics will not affect what the condition is. It causes a condition called resistance where bacteria are exposed to antibiotics needlessly and these bacteria become stronger Then when you need the bacteria, the antibiotic to work, it doesn't. So viruses are not affected by antibiotics. Don't call your home, your healthcare provider, asking for one when you have a cold. Colds are self-limiting. What I mean by that, they will last about a week to two weeks. What occurs is your own immune system uh, will fight that cold and will ultimately you'll get over it. It is self-limiting and it's not life-threatening. But I basically, con- I, I want to hold back on that for a second and, and, and comment on that. Yes, it's not life-threatening, but if you should have an underlying chronic condition, respiratory condition, it could make it worse. Conditions such as COPD, asthma, chronic bronchitis. If you should have those particular conditions and you get a cold and you find that it's getting worse, please contact your health care provider, discuss with them what the next steps and possible treatments may be. But for the vast majority of people, it is self-limiting, it is not life-threatening, and in fact, most adults will get two to three colds per season, children will actually get more, and annually in the country, there are about a billion colds every year. So how are these viruses transmitted? There are two major ways. One is airborne through somebody who is uh, coughing or sneezing. The droplets, the moisture droplets, the water droplets contain the vaccine contain the virus, and people around them breathe it in through their nose and or mouth, and then can become infected. The second way is through surface contact. Somebody who sneezes in their, in their hands then touches a surface. For a short period of time, that virus stays viable. And if you were to touch that surface, you now get it in your hands. Now, you may be asking, well, it's in my hands. It's not near my mouth. It's, what's the problem? While well, studies have shown that the average adult touches their face 16 times an hour or more. So the problem is now you go to your face, to your mouth, to your nose, or around that area, touch your face, Now the virus has access to your nose and to your mouth. And that's another way that they get that you can get infected. So what are some of the practical ways we can prevent this? Again, washing your hands is, is important. Uh, continually in making sure that you have a routine, carrying around the alcohol-based um, antimicrobial hand wash, washing down surfaces in your home uh, that are high-traffic surfaces with antimicrobial uh, solutions, uh, washing children's toys, you normally put away children's toys, you touch a surface, the child may have a, may be infected, you're now infected. Um, making sure that you use disposable items so that you're not keeping anything around that possibly carries that virus and you, can, you dispose of it quickly, uh, avoiding people who are sick, avoiding a lot of handshaking and hugging, eating properly, having a good diet, exercise, getting a good amount of sleep, drinking and keeping hydrated. All of those lifestyle type of practices Boost your immune system to fight off viruses. And of course, the common cold being a virus, help fight off the possibility of getting the common cold. So, what are the symptoms of common colds? And I think we all pretty much know what they are. It's overall a general feeling of being a feeling lousy, a feeling bad, uh, not well, uh, runny nose, a stuffy nose, uh, headaches low-grade fever maybe about 101 101 101.5 coughing uh, congestion either in your sinuses or in your respiratory tract uh, your lungs you feel it in your chest just overall a feeling of of not being well those are the general symptoms and we we self-diagnose ourselves all the time on this and we treat ourselves with number of different types of remedies so let's talk about some home remedies in general, home remedies are very safe for the average person. There have been allergic reactions reported to some of these home remedies. Also, if you're on medications chronically to treat conditions, uh, prescription medications, it's always smart to ask your pharmacist or healthcare provider whether or not these common home remedies interact with anything that they're currently taking. Let's start with vitamin C, ascorbic acid. Uh, This has been around for many, many years. The big advocate who brought this out was a man, a gentleman called Dr. Linus Pauling. I think it was in the 70s he started talking about the therapeutic benefits of vitamin C. That being said, vitamin C has not been shown through any studies that it prevents getting a common cold. What it has shown in some studies is it can shorten the duration of the cold. Now, vitamin C taken normally in a by the label ha- poses no problem for the average person. But in my practice, I've had people come in who are taking mega doses of vitamin C. And understandably, I let them know that, first of all, it can cause gastrointestinal upsets and it also can affect the kidney. So just because you think taking something more, you know, twice the dosage or three times the dosage or more times a day is going to improve or increase the effect of the medication, that's not the case. What it will do is expose you to greater amounts of side effects and adverse reactions of that particular medication. So please follow the labels of all of these products that I'm about to mention. Another particular product is Echinacea. This is an herbal supplement, an herbal product. Herbal products uh, can interact with medications. They haven't been studied in combination with other prescription medications, so there is an unknown there. Uh, Echinacea has been found to um, shorten the duration of the cold if taken very quickly or soon after you feel you have a cold. So that's important with that particular medication. Another type of medication is called zinc. Uh, Zinc comes in a number of different types of forms. It comes in lozenges, it comes in syrups, uh, it comes in tablets and capsules. It also comes in nasal spray. And I specifically point out the nasal spray, and I would definitely avoid using the nasal spray. There have been cases of irreversible loss of smell. Therefore, I would refrain or not use the nasal spray. Uh, Zinc is what we call a trace element in the human body, and... um, It can interact with prescription medications, Uh, it also can cause uh, GI upsets, so again they do have side effects and always ask your pharmacist if there are any possible drug interactions with what you're currently taking in terms of prescription medications. Another group are probiotics, now probiotics are really dietary supplements. They're the good bacteria in your intestinal tract, and they have been found, but it hasn't been strong evidence that there is a level of protection against colds, but more importantly, they do seem to have an effect of preventing upper respiratory tract infections, which really is a cold. So probiotics do have a therapeutic effect on uh, preventing upper respiratory tract infections, but there are limitations in those studies that show that. Now, some of the other home remedies are, uh, for example, with um, stuffed noses uh, are hot water vapor. Uh, Breathing that in, soothing hot water vapor, the warmth basically soothes the inflamed areas and tissues. It also causes the blood vessels to um, narrow and therefore opens up stuffed-up noses. Uh, That's something you can do, for example, in taking a hot shower or... um, You know, putting a towel over your head, uh, over a sink of warm water, and just letting the warm water run and breathing in the hot, moist uh, water vapor. Rest is important for your body. Getting a good night's sleep and resting your body. During rest, the body heals itself. Um, To soothe a sore throat, gargling with salt water, a quarter to a half a teaspoon of salt in an eight-ounce glass of warm water. Gargling with it. Don't drink it. Don't swallow it but gargling with it can temporarily reduce the inflammation of, uh, of sore throats. So let's turn our attention now to the over-the-counter products, both that of single-entity active ingredients as well as combination products that have multiple active ingredients, and there's quite a range of them. That's why it's important, and just some tips here while you're selecting or before you select any of these particular products, Read the directions on the label as well as reading the active ingredients. Many of uh, people have allergies to dyes, the coloring agents that they use in many of these products, and that dye will be listed on that on the ingredient list on the label. Also, don't assume that one that the same particular medication or formulation of medication, let's say decongestant, let's say for example, decongestant 1 and decongestant 2, but they're made by different companies that the directions and the dosages and the strengths are the same. They can be very different and probably are. Always check with your pharmacist before buying an over-the-counter medication if there are any drug interactions with current medications that you're on. Now, when it comes to children, I always say contact your healthcare provider that works or is caring for your child or seeing your child. Children are a totally separate area. And I would rather you contact them, have them recommend an over-the-counter cold product that they've used that are safe for children. One other point that I think is important to make is that if you're targeting a specific symptom, such as a stuffy nose and you're looking for a nasal decongestant, try to find an over-the-counter product that targets just that, that specific symptom, whatever it is. Using combination products where there are a multitude of active ingredients, you're exposing yourself to side effects from other medications that you don't need to, that are not affecting or that are not what your choice is. So be selective uh, if you're looking to specifically go after one problem or one ailment of that or one symptom, I should say, select the -the over-the-counter medication that addresses and treats that specific symptom. I would stay away from any combination medications since those symptoms aren't bothering you simply because the active ingredients that are in that combination medication do carry side effects. And with that said, let's talk about uh, nasal decongestants. Uh, I've done an episode uh, on nasal decongestants and some of the facts about them. If you'd like to hear that, it'll refresh your memory and cover this. But let me go through it quickly here. Stuffy noses are basically caused by the blood vessels in the nose uh, dilating or enlarging and the inflammation in the nose. So nasal decongestants cause a reduction or a constriction of the blood vessels or a narrowing of the blood vessels so that the nasal passages are open. In doing that, they also have side effect profile or side effects of restlessness, uh, some insomnia, or difficulty getting to sleep, uh, heart palpitations. If you have high blood pressure, if you have uh, diabetes, thyroid disease, this would not be the medication that I would choose because of the fact that it can cause its effect on that particular condition and worsen it. So be aware of that. Aches and pains are a common symptom with colds, so taking the NSAIDs, the ibuprofens, the naproxens, uh, are effective in treating that. They also are effective in reducing some fever. To prevent the side effects that NSAIDs generally uh, are known to have, uh, it's best to take with food, with a meal. Uh, They can cause some stomach upset, some GI distress, some bloating. What you want to make sure, though, is that if you should notice any type of blood in your stool or your stool is a much darker, black, tarry kind of color, to immediately stop taking the NSAIDs and contact your healthcare provider. Acetaminophen can also help relieve some of the pain and aches and help uh, reduce fever. However, with acetaminophen, again, please read the label. Uh, there's a limit to how much you can take per day. Uh, If you have any type of liver disease past or are being treated for liver disease, acetaminophen is a medication that needs to be avoided. Now, when it comes to antitussives or cough suppressants, there are really two schools of thought. One school says taking it uh, obviously relieves you of the symptom of coughing, uh, alleviates that discomfort. The other is that The body normally coughs, and when it coughs, it's basically moving mucus from the respiratory tract, the lung, the chest area, to the throat, and then usually either one may spit it out into a cloth or simply swallow it. But what it's doing is cleaning out or clearing the mucus from your upper respiratory tract, which is a good thing. You don't want that congestion staying there where the virus can grow and um, incubate and get worse. So I would recommend, unless the cough is painful, not to take antitussives and allow your body to naturally move the mucus from your upper respiratory tract, from your chest, out and either expectorate it or to swallow it and uh, thereby cleaning out or naturally cleaning out the, uh, the lungs from the mucus. And I would say the same thing about antihistamines, sometimes called drying agents. Uh, Many of the medications contain antihistamines, and they do it for a number of reasons. Uh, Antihistamines dry up uh, secretions and fluids, both in the nose and in the throat, mouth area. So you do get a dry mouth. You do get uh, a reduction in sniffles or running noses. However, in doing so, you again... A runny nose is basically the body taking the mucus from the sinuses and allowing you to blow your nose and get it out of the sinus cavities. Drying that up prevents that from happening. And against uh, two schools of thought, I would prefer not to have uh, people take antihistamines. That's my recommendation. Also, antihistamines have a sedative type of effect, which when taken... You have to make sure that you're not driving or you're you're handling heavy machinery or there's you have to have a certain level of alertness. This also goes to the fact that giving an antihistamine to treat a cold uh, in a combination product, for example, to an individual who has a diminished amount of alertness can create problems such as uh, falling. So let me do a recap on the major active ingredients in both the single entity, over-the-counter cold preparations and medications, and those of combination medications. Nasal decongestants basically open up the nasal passages, allow for easier breathing, allow for mucus to leave the sinuses and you to blow your nose and get rid of that mucus. They do this by causing a vasoconstriction or narrowing of the blood vessels in the nasal passages This also can affect chronic conditions such as high blood pressure, diabetes, thyroid disease. So individuals who are are being treated for that or have these chronic conditions uh, need to be careful with that and monitoring obviously blood pressure. General side effects are restlessness, heart palpitations, difficulty in sleeping. We then go to the analgesics. These are the NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs the ibuprofen, naproxen type of medications. These are very good in treating the symptoms of aches and pains. They also treat fevers. Their side effect profile basically is gastrointestinal. Uh, They do cause bloating, some gastric upsets. That's why it's important to take always with meals or food, something in your stomach to buffer their effect uh, in the stomach and gastrointestinal tract. If you are on antithrombolytic or anticoagulant therapy, these are medications you should avoid. Also, if you have had a prior history of ulcers or are being treated for ulcers, this is another medication that you need to avoid. Using cough suppressants such as dextromethorphan, usually indicated by the name or the uh, initials DM. uh, Two schools of thoughts. One- Coughing basically breaks up the mucus in the upper respiratory tract, in the chest area, and allows you to bring it up, either swallow it or expectorate it. Cleaning out is a normal natural cleansing process. Uh, suppressing it may not be the optimum thing to do. However, if the coughing is so severe that it's painful, obviously a cough suppressant would be indicated here. I would also contact my healthcare provider, and let them know about the uh, severe coughing and the pain that you're having. With that of um, antihistamines, principally the same thing. They're a drying agent. They dry secretions up in the uh, mouth and in the nose. They also have an effect of sedation, which you need to be concerned about if you're going to be planning on driving or you work with heavy machinery. Uh, dangerous machinery, or if you have a treating or if you're a caregiver of a patient who already has a diminished alertness, giving them a antihistamine will further cause uh, a potential of reduction in alertness and possible uh, falling problems. As always, I like to end by saying speak to your pharmacist about over-the-counter products, especially with any type of drug interactions or any questions you have. Dosing, uh, scheduling the dosing, that would be very important to, to do. Uh, also, contact your healthcare provider if you have underlying health conditions that uh, have been aggravated by the common cold or any of the medications as well. So, I hope you're doing well. I hope, uh, I hope you go through the cold season without getting a cold. And as always, read the labels, ask your pharmacist, ask your healthcare provider if ever any questions, and be medication smart. This has been the Pharmacist is In podcast hosted by Howard Unger. If you like what you heard, please click on the subscribe button. And if you feel so, leave comments in the star rating below. It really helps the podcast in gaining greater exposure to larger audiences. And why not? This is important information. I would like to mention I have no affiliation with any pharmaceutical company or medical institution, nor do I represent any product, product line, or corporate pharmacy entities. Please remember that this podcast is not a substitute for your healthcare provider. If you should have any questions concerning diagnosis or treatment, contact your trusted healthcare provider. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me next week for the Pharmacist is In podcast. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay medication smart.